Welcome to the 23rd episode of the Toledo Matters podcast. With you, as always, is your host, Bob Tucker, your co-host, Danny Woodcock, and myself, Nathan, your engineer. Woo! Thanks for coming back, everyone. We really appreciate you tuning in again. Bob, who we got today? Today, we have Taylor Dungeon of the Toledo Blade. Uh, she's currently a features writer, formerly their crime reporter. Uh, she's also involved with Toledo Soup, and we'll hear all about that. And she was a, She's doing us a favor. She's going to... I write a story about podcasts, I think, and we may be in it. So podcasts are coming back. Yeah, they're fun. You, you, our listeners, our, our audience, you know that, right? Right. And it was kind of cool. We had a professional photographer in yeah. the in the studio. You um, may you may hear a little clicking. In you the might hear some episode. clicking in the start there, but he was taking some shots of us in the studio, which was cool. Yeah. Um, so I think it, it's a good episode, and, and we're chugging along here in the summer. And uh, just a, another shout-out to, to our website that we sometimes don't talk about. If you go to ToledoMatters.com, you can, if you have a suggestion for yourself as a guest or somebody you know or somebody you know of, feel free to drop us a line. We, we always appreciate new ideas. Definitely. We, we, uh, we got a couple great shows coming your way. Yeah, well, we got great stuff planned. I'm not saying that because we're, we're... I'm just really excited for the next the next month. The two next two interviews are going to be two of the best. Did you guys get up in anything uh, last weekend? Well, all right. So let's be honest. We're recording this on July 1st, right? Friday. Yeah. <laughs> and it's before the holiday weekend. Um, I'm, I'm about to go on vacation, and Danny's about to go camping. and, and I may do something with the dogs. I'm not sure. Yeah, so... <laughs> uh, but I guess the weekend after this is... I don't know what... Do we have something going on, Danny? So it's not really this weekend, but next weekend, uh, July 16th and 17th at the Toledo Express Airport. Uh, they're putting on the Toledo Air Show. You can get tickets at ToledoAirShow.com. It will be featuring the United States Air Force Thunderbirds. My, my son's seeing posters, with, and they have, all the posters have the Thunderbirds prominent on You're going to have to buy so he's, many he's plane toys so after, that, after that weekend. You think he doesn't have any? Well, isn't he, isn't he got all the trains and cars oh, right he now? Oh, has, he has a lot of he planes, He does planes, too. too. He likes vehicles in I general. mean, that's yeah. little, little boys. Yeah. That's what you have. Yeah, that's true. But, um, yeah, so I, I think this is a good episode. I, I don't know if we have anything else to say. Yeah, it was kind of a quick, a quick turnaround from our last episode. So um, I think we'll just get right into it. All right. Here, without further ado, is Taylor Dungeon. So with us today is Taylor Dungeon. Hi. Welcome. Hi. Did I pronounce that correctly? Dungeon, yeah, like yes. and dragons. Nice. Okay. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> You're probably talking to the to the right crowd for that. Yeah. So, yeah. I've actually never played Dungeons and Dragons. What? But that's just the easiest way to explain it to people. I've, I've never done anything like you, that either. <laughs> tell me you call your basement the Dungeon jun- Dungeon. I call my house the Dungeon Dungeon, yeah. Oh, nice. Hashtag the Dungeon Dungeon. Yeah. <laughs> your house is a hashtag. I Everything in my life is a hashtag. I should have known. Yeah. Because we met on Twitter. Did we? Yeah. Did you really meet somebody (laughs) on Twitter? Yeah. So uh, I actually found the tweet today and it made me laugh a lot. I had tweeted something at the Blade like, you guys aren't covering this storm well, but Toledo Stanner is killing it. I'm unfollowing the Blade. And you, your exact tweet back was harumph. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That wasn't even that clever. (laughs) Jeez, Danny. (laughs) It was hilarious. Made my night. Taylor, you're currently a reporter for The Blade, right? Yes, I've been there for about five and a half years. All right, and we'll get to that, but are you from Toledo or no? No, I grew up in Wadsworth. It's about 45 minutes south of Cleveland, so I just tell people I'm from Cleveland. That's fair enough, yeah. Because who doesn't want to be from Cleveland? 
Especially well, right now. NBA champs, baby. Woo! Yeah. Yeah. At least until the convention starts. And the, and the Indians are like 10 in a row undefeated, We're going to win the World Series. It's like 13 in a row right now. And the Browns I hear that are going win. all the way. The Browns are going to win the Super Bowl. It's going to be a good year for Cleveland. Yeah. I, I'm the, I think I'm the one person talking right now who's not a Cleveland sports guy, <laughs> but I'm outnumbered. Well, Just hop on the bandwagon. It's a fun bandwagon no, right I, I, now, I, I'm a suffering Detroit fan, so I, yeah. it means I suffer a little bit less than you guys, so... We're not suffering right now. Yeah, no, we're good. We're top of the world, man. <laughs> it's been a long suffering. It's been a long yeah, suffering. Yeah. <laughs> was it the factory of sadness? Isn't that the... Yeah, something like that. So, Taylor, you grew up in Cleveland, and then uh, somehow you, you, you managed to come over to Toledo. What was that journey like? Yeah, so I went to the University of Cincinnati, and I got my degree in journalism. Um, and I got my first job out of school at this small paper called The Morning Journal in Lorraine. And Lorraine's about halfway between Sandusky and um, Cleveland. So I was there for about eight months and I, uh, when I was hired by The Blade to be their crime reporter. So I packed up all my stuff and like headed what is it like two hours west on the turnpike and landed in Toledo's inner city. <laughs> and so, so what made you want to be a reporter? Um, well, I applied to be, uh, to get into the university of Cincinnati's public relations program. And my aunt, who's also a journalist and actually worked at the blade once upon a time said that no niece of hers would go into public relations. So I switched my major <laughs> to journalism and it was really just that easy. You joined the light side, right? Um, yeah, I think Something so. Like that, yeah. Okay. And, um, so did you do like the student paper at university of Cincinnati? I did. I was kind of a freak. Um, (laughs) I started my sophomore year, so I didn't do anything freshman year because when you're a freshman, you're getting getting used to it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I started my sophomore year. I wrote a fashion column actually, which is funny now because I'm no longer fashionable. Um, (laughs) I've never been fashionable. (laughs) It's too much work and it's too much money. (laughs) For sure. Um, but I started doing that and then I was writing opinion pieces and then then I started writing news stories and I was actually not terrible. So then my junior year, I was hired as the news editor and my last year in school, um, I was the editor in chief of the paper. And then, you, I mean, in, in this day and age when, you know, print is maybe not at its heyday, was it hard finding a, a newspaper job out of school or? Uh, no, not for me, honestly. Um, I had a lot of friends who struggled, but I was pretty proactive in my search for a job. So I think it was winter quarter cause we were on quarters at UC. So winter quarter, I Googled Ohio newspapers and found every single editor in the state of Ohio and sent every single one of them an email like, hi, I'm graduating, um, in the summer, I'm looking for a job. Like, could you look at my resume and my clips to tell me if I'm like missing anything or if there's anything I can do to make myself a more desirable candidate. And at that point, like there's nothing else I could do. It was, sure, this yeah. was just me kind of like, hi, right. <laughs> Get your name in front of them. Yeah. So, yeah. and then fortunately, I mean, that didn't really like do much for me, but my friend, graduated a quarter before me and got a job at that paper and then got me a job at that paper. So it's all who, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's true. in more than just newspapers. <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah. And then, so, um, how long were you in Lorraine? Lorraine? Only eight months. Okay. And then I was actually in Lorraine five months when I applied for the job at the blade and I didn't think I would get it, um, because they wanted someone with like two or three years of experience and I had just graduated. Um, and in fact, fun story, I was actually not even their first choice. Um, <laughs> so like the girl who they offered the job to, um, she accepted it and then like rescinded her acceptance. So I was like second best. And they told you that? Yeah. <laughs> what? I mean, why not? You know, it's, it's it, hard to keep secrets like that. 
<laughs> but hey, I really wanted to go out with the other one, but you were. She, <laughs> she said no. Apparently, I accidentally she said, swiped left. <laughs> <laughs> she said there was. Um, her mom said there was too much crime in Toledo, so she didn't want her to come cover crime in Toledo. And so, I mean, like huh? it worked out really well for me. So, like, yeah. shout out to that girl's mom. <laughs> And kind of a ridiculous thing to say anyways. It's not it's not that bad. No, Toledo actually, and I was just having this conversation. I have this conversation a lot. But Toledo's actually um, probably one of the, if not the safest, mid-sized to large-sized city in the Midwest. Um, so there you go. Put, put yeah, that on the back of the box. Take right. that. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you applied specifically to be a crime reporter. I did. Um, when I was in Lorraine, I was technically their night cops reporter. But in Lorraine County, there's really not that much crime. So I was doing a lot of county fair stuff. Um, like, I read a story about some girls who, like, raised turkeys together. and Made turkeys? Really? Turkeys? Tur- yeah. Um, I mean, it was super cute, but it wasn't what I wanted to be doing. Yeah. And I remember when I did my first, like, actual crime story, I was going to a bank robbery and I called every single person in my phone like I was so excited like my <laughs> adrenaline was like going my heart was racing and like I finally my brother of all people answered the phone and he was like that's pretty cool dude <laughs> and so um I mean Lorraine was okay I I covered my first homicide in Lorraine um which was a really interesting experience for me um I covered a bear mauling um, wait, 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 wow. wait, wait, hold on, hold on. there are bears in Lorraine County um this guy had like what you would call like an animal sanctuary oh, okay. kind of thing gotcha, and gotcha. yeah and so it um there was a he had a young man working for him and the guy went to go feed the bear and it didn't um <laughs> did it go well no <laughs> Um, Spoiler alert. uh, I also, my favorite Lorraine story was um, this couple that got into a fight. And I was sitting in the newsroom and I I had made friends with this dispatcher um, uh, who worked for the county sheriff. And I heard him say over the radio, like, you know, was it toasted or untoasted? You know, was there any pudding or something like that? And I'm sitting there going, because he's got a very distinctive voice. So I, I recognize it. And I'm like, what in the heck is going on? And so I just, I text him and he's like, you need to um, ask Captain Drzdowski for this report tomorrow. And I was like, okay. So I I call the next morning or the next afternoon and I ask for this report at this place. And he's like, all right, let me call you back um, when I have the report. So he calls me back and he's just laughing. He can't even talk to me. He's laughing so hard. This couple had gotten into a fight and um, the woman assaulted her boyfriend with a ham sandwich. What? Like was she, it toasted or not? Right. So that all made sense. <laughs> but like the last line of the report was um, the family dog ate the evidence. And so <laughs> it was like, it was just, it was. And so that story actually, like, I don't remember if it went. It sounds like it, a kid's book. If it like yeah. became like a national <laughs> yeah. like news story, but like all these like news outlets in Cleveland came down to that tiny little town where it the happened. The ham sandwich story. Yeah, yeah. it was yeah. just really goofy. Yeah. No well, evidence. The dog ate it. We don't believe you. Yeah. But I really liked the crime stuff because it was like, to me, it was all about the people. Um, and I really like people. So I was, um, I enjoyed being able to tell stories even, even though they were not always pleasant. Sure. So when, um, when I saw the position open up at the blade for a crime reporter position, like specifically, um, I just decided to go for it. And there you go. Yeah. So, so the position you and that girl applied for was a crime reporter job. She got the crime reporter job, and then her mom was like, there's too much crime in Toledo. <laughs> there's too much of a job. There's too much to work over there for you. You probably shouldn't it's go. It's too good of a job for you. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to that girl's mom again. Right. <laughs> so when you were doing the crime stuff, did you actually 
like, were you at the scene of the crime, like doing reporting or would you come and just kind of like talk to the officers afterwards or how did that all work? Um, it's, it's both. So it just really depends on when something happens. If something happens on my shift, right. um, well, cause I don't, I mean, I'm not the crime reporter anymore. So like, you know, back, back in the day, um, if something happened during my work shift, I would always go to the scene and talk to people on the scene, like neighbors, officers, um, victims, suspects, whoever, um, if something happened after the fact, you start usually with the officers and, uh, then you kind of work yourself backwards. And then if, if it requires you to go back to the scene or something, you can do that. Um, there were times though, when I was on the cops beat here, cause I, my first apartment was in the 400 block of Islington street. And I don't know if you guys know where that nope. is. Um, it's in what's considered to be the old town neighborhood. It's on the opposite side of Collingwood from the old West end. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and I did not, it was not a nice neighborhood. Um, <laughs> I mean like the beehive gang, like kind of ran that area. There was a memorial to like their slain gang leader, like the two beehive houses down. Gang. Yeah. They're crips. They were, um, most of not, I don't know if most, but many of them were arrested and federally convicted for oh. selling guns to undercover, um, agents if undercover federal agents so a lot of them did some federal time um so the neighborhood got significantly quieter once they were arrested um but like you don't for, say <laughs> for a long time like there were just like shootings because what like i mean my apartment was cheap and cute and, ah, and i mean and, like and very important things let's i mean but i also never had any issues there like it was okay i tell people all the time like if you're not selling using um, dealing, buying drugs or firearms, the chances of you being a victim of a crime in Toledo are significantly lowered. And also if you're not sleeping with someone else's girlfriend. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. A, a lot of, you know, crimes of violence happen just because of interpersonal strife. Right? Correct. And it's, yeah. it's not gang related, not well, I mean, I mean that happens too, but, but I mean, a lot of murders are, are one-offs because gangs, guns, and drugs generally all go hand in hand. Yeah. Um, and, but a lot of, but there is quite a fair amount of like personal stuff in that in, in any way. I mean, it could be like, you know, my gang doesn't like your gang, which is kind of like semi-personal, I guess, but also like what we've been seeing recently with these two families in town that have been kind of going back and forth at one another. Um, that's certainly a, a personal family feud. There's like two gang families going at it right now. Um, like family you, families, I think. Like, right? yeah, like actual like blood yeah. families, like blood related families. <laughs> like the Hatfields and the McCoys. Yes. Yes. And they're like shooting each other. <laughs> Don't you read the newspaper, Danny? Do you think I read the newspaper, Taylor? Don't you? <laughs> he, he reads Snapchat. That's. <laughs> yeah, I follow your Snapchat. If you snapped about it, I would know. <laughs> well, I'm not the crime reporter anymore. That's true. So. That's true. But okay, so and when you were the crime reporter for how long of a period of time? Uh, almost four years. Okay, just shy of that. And I imagine you saw all sorts of stuff during that time. Uh, lots <laughs> and lots of stuff. Yeah. Any, any hand, ham sandwich stories? <laughs> Not in Toledo. No? no. Okay. Any funny stories? <laughs> funny stories on the crime beat. Um, actually, um, yeah. So one of the, I don't remember when it was, but I was actually at a. An, an armed robbery at a dollar store and you were at an armed robbery yeah okay um and chief like Nav live this was happening um well i mean like After police were on, yeah okay investigating right. the guy had fled the scene yeah. okay i had to make sure you weren't yeah. like accidentally in the dollar general and, oh, no that's never happened crime reporters here we should do it right now guys you'll did it first <laughs> first hand account best publicity ever um <laughs> so i was at this i was at this robbery and chief navarre uh 
called me and was like, I have a story for you. And here I am thinking like, oh, snap, the police chief just called me and he's got an exclusive story just for me. Like, I'm kind of a big deal right now. <laughs> so he's like, I need you to come downtown to the safety building. So I like hightail it from that robbery. And I'm over at the, it's a dollar store. It's on door at um, Junction. And uh, so I head back downtown and I go to the safety building and Chief Navarre is like, you know, we have all these little flags around the police memorial garden and someone has been stealing them. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, my God, what? Like, that's so awful. Like, this is like, you know, a place where they yeah. honor and, and the fallen or officers who have been killed in the line of duty in Toledo. So to me, I was like mortified. And he's like, well, we caught the we caught the individual responsible and i'm like that is awesome like heck yeah and we have a picture of the suspect and so like you know this he pulls up a picture and it's a squirrel yeah the squirrel had been like gnawing the flags off those little like dowels the wooden yeah, dowels yeah. and had been stealing them and using them to like build a nest up in a tree um which Just actually graceful yeah you could see the you could see the the flag nest uh from but it was very cheap and cute right it was very cute yeah <laughs> flag and so it was geez. cheap because it was made of stolen goods yeah. did they yeah. prosecute um they 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 did not <laughs> they declined to prosecute but i wrote a story about it and it was really it made the front page so squirrels are always getting special treatment it's unfair <laughs> they should at least like civilly seize the the, the the stolen property right exactly i mean it was pretty high up in the tree though right to be fair. i guess it's not worth it yeah you don't yeah. really want to waste city resources <laughs> on that that's that is that's a pretty funny story on the crime scenes definitely <laughs> and one of the stories you worked up while you're uh the crime reporter was the whole gang map and all that yeah um for somebody who assume somebody doesn't know anything on what I'm talking about. Can you describe what, what that story was? Yeah. Um, the really short version is that um, the city of Toledo had a 24-hour period in which there were um, eight, I believe there were eight shootings, which is really high for Toledo, and two of them were fatal. And it was just like nonstop violence for um in a very short period of time and many of the shootings were gang related so we asked the police department if they had a map of gang territories they said yes we asked them if we could have a copy of it they said no um and that eventually spiraled into um a lawsuit yeah lawsuits i'm a fan of lawsuits i do <laughs> you would be good business um, we I, and i kept telling the folks in the department like hey like if you guys don't give us this gang map i'm just gonna make my own and i don't think they have believed me um so that was the shootings and the violence in this initial like request for the gang map happened over the summer. And then that following January, um, myself and blade photographer, Amy Voigt set out with a three foot by five foot black and white, um, copy of all of this, the streets in the city of Toledo, a box of colored pencils. And we took on the city's neighborhoods and we asked gang members to fill in, um, known gang territories. You just, Went up to gang members and were like, hey, will you show me where the gangs are? Yes. You really What? You were really in advance of that whole adult coloring book thing. I <laughs> I, you know, how I never you, thought of that. How, Taylor, how do you go up and approach a gang member? I got to know. Do you just... <laughs> 
casually walk up like, hey, you guys mind filling out this map? Um, it's, yeah, kind of. It's <laughs> just like, you know, you tell them like who you are and what you're doing. And it's like, do you know anything about gangs in this area? And if they say no, then you're like, okay, well, I heard, I heard X, Y, and Z. And at that point, like I had been on the crime beat for about two years. And so I had a pretty okay idea of where the gangs were, what you know what gangs were out there and stuff like that and i knew so i knew some places i could go to get information did, did you give each one a blank map or did they see where other people had marked um we carried well we did a, we tried a couple different things we ultimately settled on just carrying around that one really big map mm-hmm. and we would uh we had like really those really thin like post-it notes yeah. right. that we and we had tape um, and we would write the name of a gang on um, one of the post-it notes and tape it to the colored pencil. So that colored pencil would be used to color in that territory. So we wouldn't use the same color so we wouldn't get confused. D- did you get times where somebody would be like, this isn't crypt territory. This is my territory. This should be green. Actually, no. Um, we wow. had incredible cooperation. We actually wow. um, had access to the um, correctional treatment facility, which is an alternative to prison in downtown Toledo. Um, and we worked down there with guys from various uh, gang sets and um, we had some blood, some crypts, um, some folks and they all like collaborated together to color in our map. And mm. they were like checking like against one another, like, Oh, you sh- does, and there, no, it goes, it goes like, you know, an extra block or two or no, right. it's that's, they it's know not their, every- they know their corners pretty well. Right. Um, so, I mean, we were really just going to the, I mean, like for ba- lack of a better, we were going to the experts, the people who knew gang territories best, like the people who are in it. Probably better than the cops map. <laughs> our map had way more stuff on it. Yeah. <laughs> Not that you're saying it's better, but I mean, it's, I'm, I'm, yeah, you know, I'm just saying ours had way more on it. They're probably much more willing to talk to you than they are a bunch of cops being like, Hey, could you mark in your territory for us real quick? Right. Yeah. I mean, that is not being able to arrest people was a distinct advantage in this. I mean, we did, we did run into a lot of, um, opposition from people. I mean, like not, you know, when I say people cooperated, not everyone cooperated. Sure. Right. Um, you know, cause you, you, you go into these neighborhoods, people, not everyone knows you or people, no one knows right. you. And the assumption is that you are a police officer, like right off the bat. If you're a white person in this neighborhood, just a lot of the times that is the assumption. So people like that we would get asked that a lot. Like, are you the cops? No. Yes, you are. No, I'm really not the cops. Like, and so, you know, once you just keep going back and you keep pressing your, that you're not a cop, um, eventually they start to they actually start to believe you. Now, is that map, I, I assume it's somewhat of a fluid situation. I was right? just going to get into that. Yeah. So, I mean, that map is now, it's like more than three years old now, which is insane to me. Um, but some of those gangs really don't exist much anymore. Mm. Um, or, you know, or they've shifted or there's a younger set of people who are kind of doing things now and they call themselves something different. Um, so it's, yeah, it's very fluid. Now, at some point, you you shifted away from the 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 crime reporting gig yeah what was your next uh beat for lack of a better word that, uh, that's the right the, word right yeah beat is the I'm being hip danny i'm said i'm said beat beat is the perfect word um, Super so hip, Bob. i left crime reporting and um for a couple of reasons but um the the biggest reason was that i decided i i wanted to try and become a cop myself mm. so oh. um i couldn't I can't write about the Toledo Police Department oh, yeah. while yeah. I'm mm-hmm. in the process to try and get a job with the Toledo Police Department. So that was the main reason. Um, also, I was like starting to get like super pregnant, um, and it was just it <laughs> not just, just like just, normal pregnant, not normal okay. pregnant, no, super pregnant. 
Um, but so um, my first gig right off of cops was, um, like small business kind of, I did that for a little while, pretty much until I went, um, on maternity leave, but I also was doing like some general assignment reporting also in there. Cause the small business beat while like the idea of it is great was, is really hard to sustain on a daily basis, um, in a town that's this small. Yeah. I imagine maybe an article a week or, or something yeah, like there that was, as opposed to a right. daily thing. Which was, and you know, honestly, like coming off of the cops beat where you're doing four five stories a day sometimes most i mean most days you're doing at least that many um to doing something that's so much slower was really hard for me um so but then i went on maternity leave and i came back and i came back as a general assignment reporter and i was doing that up until about two three weeks ago and i was moved over into our features department and what does features mean Um, so we do like pretty much all non-news coverage. So events, um, event previews, I have a bunch of stories running in the next few days. Uh, one about how fireworks affect veterans with PTSD. Um, yeah, that was a really interesting one for me to work on. Um, it's timely with the fourth. Yeah. And that was, that was kind of the, the impetus for that. Um, but I also have a very close friend to me who um, served two tours in Afghanistan, and he struggles with PTSD. And so it, was, it just became an issue that um, I became interested in personally and um, thought it would be... It's probably more re- more rewarding to report on something like that than something you have no connection to, right? Yeah, it really is. Um, and I also, like, I put out some feelers on social media to ask people for story ideas, and I got a really awesome... Um, story tip from this guy and this story will be on toledoblade.com monday um, because we don't have a printed paper monday but it'll be on our website this guy um, he lives in west toledo actually just a couple blocks from me and his uncle was um, a pilot in world war ii and his plane was shot down um during um an armed reconnaissance mission in uh in germany and so he you know his plane was shot down he dies instantly and um, his remains weren't found until 2014, and the remains were not identified until March. Oh, so yeah. now this guy, like his family, is going to get back his uncle's, like what's left of his uncle's yeah, body, yeah, and, and yeah. some of the possessions that they found. So that's a cool story that's going to be in, um, online Monday. And, and cool. just just for our audience's benefit, we're recording this on July one. This is probably going to come out. After that comes out. Oh, well. So, that'll come out on Thursday. It'll come out the Thursday That's, afterwards. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So. So you should have read this already. Well, it'll be, it'll be in like the archives or right. On, oh, yeah. On the website. Yeah. Just search for it. Or, or, right. It'll um, be. Yeah. It'll still should... be up on the trending side. Are you still trying to be a cop? Yeah, I am. So what's that process like? Um, it's a very long process. I took the first step in the process. Um, the first like really official step in the process is to take the civil service exam. I took that uh, when I was four months pregnant. My son will turn one next weekend. Party. On July 9th, my son will turn one. Are we have a party? Yeah. Brunchosaurus. Brunchosaurus <laughs> birthday bash. Nice. Brontosaurus birthday bash. We're going to have waffles and a Bloody Mary bar. Nice. Perfect. Yeah. Exactly what a one-year-old Did did you do the thing where uh, your kid wasn't allowed to eat desserts until their first birthday? No. My kid's a monster. He's ginormous. He eats everything. Like (laughs) this woman I work with actually just like this week, like made him like little mini cupcakes and he smashed all three of them. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Well, Bob, your son smashed his first cupcake but well, literally smashed it yeah, yeah. He, he, <laughs> was he the hulk 
No, he was we, like, there's we, no sugar in this. We were so. <laughs> yeah. It was like the most healthy non cake cake. Was it like in the made world. of like bananas? Like and, applesauce yeah. and like whole grain something or Why do you hate him? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Like, no, I had all these really grand um, plans of how I wanted to like parent and like the things I wanted to be able to do for my son. And literally day one, oh, yeah. everything yeah. out the window. And just like, and from that point, like, and just any, like, it's all about convenience now. Like, I just don't, I love my son, but I just don't care. Like if it doesn't kill him, it's fine. If it no, doesn't seriously hurt I, him I or kill him, it's fine. Yeah. So whatever <laughs> I'm on, I'm like, he, I, he's my first and I have like third child syndrome. <laughs> yeah, you're kind of describing how I feel about my second child. Syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> um, but all anyway, right. back to this cop thing. Yeah. So I took the civil service exam, February 28th, 2004. 15? Yeah, 2015. Okay. Um, and then um, you take this exam and you have to wait a really long time for results. I actually just got like my Facebook, um, like the last year on this day thing yeah, was yeah. <laughs> me getting the results back of that exam. So it took uh, five months to get through. It's a Scantron test. Um, <laughs> nice. took five, I haven't had one of those in ages. <laughs> uh, I was, yeah, it was kind of weird, but um, yeah. so I, you know, Today, Fill in the bubble. The, yeah, July 1st, 2016 was like my one year mark of getting those results back. So after you get the results back, if you pass, you um, go through a background check process, which is really intense. You have to fill out like a bunch of paperwork. They talk, interview like people who you know, they talk to your neighbors. They, um, I mean, they really like they vet you, which, and which is good. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Oh, yeah. And then if you pass the background check, you go to, um, you go to do like a psychological exam. There's two of them, a written exam and an, um, an oral interview with a psychologist. Um, you also have to write, we had to write an essay um, about like what skills we have that would be relevant. And That's right up your alley. Yeah. yeah. Writing an essay. The essay was, I mean, like <laughs> I, wasn't, I could only use, favor. I could only use one piece of paper though. Oh. So I know I had to, but then you also <laughs> have to do like an interview with um, the, the, the chiefs of the, like, you know, the, the highest ranking people in the department, more or less, and someone from the city's HR department. And if you get through all of that, then you get a conditional employment offer, which is where I'm at right now. So I've technically been hired by the city of Toledo. Um, hmm. but I have like, congratulations. Thank you. Yay. Yay. Good use of the applause. Danny. Yep. <laughs> um, but like, I'm not like, I could still like get thrown out like i have to pass a medical checkup and a physical fitness exam right or if you got like in trouble for something you could still be not yeah a cop or something. right exactly so fortunately i'm really boring and i don't do a whole <laughs> lot so i shouldn't get in trouble for anything cool um as long as i can do enough push-ups and run fast enough then and like i should be i should be good so you went to like the um like the police boot camp stuff already and all that? No, not yet. So okay. the the police academy is a six month process in Toledo, and that will happen. Who knows when that academy will happen? That's kind of been the holdup, um, is because the city. Um, That's is, a funding issue. It's a right? in a funding yeah. issue. Yeah. Absolutely. So um, possibly November, um, although maybe not until next year. It just really depends, um, in large part, on what happens with some of these tax levies. Cool. Pass your tax levies. All right. <laughs> <laughs> and and I guess I'm jumping around a little bit, but um, have you found that 
you know, writing day in, day out has improved your writing. Have, it, it, today, when you write an article, how is it different than when you first worked at the Lorraine, Lorraine paper, for example? If I, some stories, when I go back to read them, like some of my old, like first stories, I really cringe um, at how bad they are. But at the time I was like, dang, like that, that, yeah. was, that was, I did a pretty sick job. Um, <laughs> but like now I read them, I'm like, oh God, like they're just bad. Um, and I'm sure like in 10 years, I'll go back and read some of the things that I'm writing now and think, wow, like that's, that was no good. Um, but I think that my, um, I think my style of writing stories has changed. Um, I think I like, I don't want to say you can, you can probably put like two of my articles like side by side and kind of like notice um, maybe like sentence structure that I, I tend to use. Like I like really short sentences. Um, and that's something that I've kind of, um, grown into, I guess. So you like Hemingway and not Faulkner. It's kind of, yeah. If, no, yeah. If we, Look at Mr. Like, <laughs> Mr. <culture>. Literary. <laughs> English major. What can I say? Oh, well, yeah, that, that, <laughs> that that'll do it. <laughs> well, I, I mean, at least she's not like postmodern in her, in her articles, right? Right. No. <laughs> I don't even know what that means, but I'll agree. Nope. Okay. <laughs> Um, one thing I've noticed about you is you have a very active social media presence, right? Which, you know, on, I'm at Twitter's my social media drug of choice. And, um, I follow you, a number of reporters locally, a lot nationally. And I think the ones who are doing it right are doing it the way you do it, where Mm -hmm. you post, you engage with your audience, you post about your work and it makes people want to see, okay, well, what is this reporter writing? you know, right now. Was that something that came naturally to you or did you think, okay, this is the way of the future. I need to do this. Um, I think for me it was kind of natural. Like I, I think starting as a, you know, work doing some columnist work when I was in, in college helped. Um, cause that was more, you know, personal and also doing some blogging, which is, is pretty personal. And I just tend to be a, a pretty outgoing, um, I probably overshare sometimes. Um, but so for me that just, it was pretty easy. Um, I had to try and like convince some other people like that was like, to me, I, I, I agree with you. Like, I think that's the right way to do it. A mix of personal and, and work. Um, because if people are invested in you as a person, they're more likely to be interested in what you're doing professionally, even if it's not oh, yeah. the most interesting. Right. Even if it's not something I'd naturally want to read, I'll, I'll check out, you know, to use an example, then you like Dave Weigel of, of the Washington, now the Washington Post. I follow him for years and he kind of mixes his personal stuff as well as his work. And so I always check out what he writes, even if it's not something I'd otherwise read, you know? Oh, yeah. Does the Blade support um, you guys using social media to kind of promote your articles and stuff like that? Yeah, they do. I think they really see the value in, um, in engaging with our audience, uh, which is nice. Yeah. Um, there are, I mean, not so much anymore. I think most news organizations really, uh, push for their people to do that. But when I was coming out of school, it was still relatively new and it was, um, even I guess newer to the, the media world. And so there weren't as many people doing it. And if they were doing it, it was really just strictly professional, like, here is my story and here is a link to my story. <laughs> right. Just, yeah, yeah, yeah. just more ways to get to the content or whatever. Yeah. Right. Um, switching gears a little because I follow you on Twitter. I know you're involved with uh, Toledo Soup. Yeah, I love yeah. Soup. And I don't think we've really talked about that on the show before. So for somebody who doesn't know what Toledo Soup is, what's the what's the spiel? Uh, Toledo Soup is a nonprofit organization. We host two events a year. Basically, we are a, like a real time like GoFundMe in a way. So we solicit proposals throughout the year from folks who have an idea for a project for an event. 
um, for any sort of like project that they are going to need a little bit of capital for. And um, once we get those proposals, we will we get them to a third party panel of judges. So we ask people who are invested in the community to come like review the proposals that we get. And it's blind. So there's not a popularity contest or anything like that, which was really important to us. The judges pick their top three or four proposals, and then we ask those people to come present at a community forum. Um, and so people who, you know, if the public is invited to these forums, it costs five bucks. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. Danny comes, has been to a few of them. Yeah. I, as soon as I found out about it, I tried to come to all of them. It's great. It's like a $5 dinner. Some some phenomenal some chefs around town make some outrageous good soups. Oh, it's, yeah. And considering, like, we don't pay them, like, the product that they give us, I mean, it's just, <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, it's really good. And I think really all crumbs or someone always gives some amazing bread at it, too. We've had all crumbs, um, country grains. Um, we, yeah, we've gotten, I mean, we just really get so much help from the community to put these events on. Cause they're, I mean, like if you care about Toledo or if you're interested in Toledo moving forward, this is definitely the kind of event that you want to be yeah. a part of. Cause you really just leave and you're like overwhelmed with like Toledo warm fuzzies. Yeah. Um, we're actually planning our next event right now, which is um, tentatively scheduled for September 18th. So everybody should come. I don't have any more details on that. Where do you usually host, hold them at? We've had them kind of all over. So we've had them at um, Toledo School for the Arts. Mm-hmm. We've had a couple at Handmade Toledo, um, the Ohio what, Theater. What was that place over in the Old South End? Oh, that was my first time Sophia at the Ohio Theater. Uh, Sophia Quintero Center. Yep. That was where our most recent event was. And that area is beautiful. I it's had never so been cool. out there. There's murals all over. Everywhere. It's amazing. It's so authentic out there. Mm-hmm. La Taqueria Authentica. Oh, so Michoacana. much good food. Dorian took me there. Yeah, Michoacana is great. That's my best. That's my favorite um, taco place. Tamales Slay-bye. at La Paloma are stupid good. Where's that? I'm, um, I'm it's, not familiar it's, it's right on Broadway. Like right. Yeah. It's like in where that, um, the restaurant you're just talking about yeah, is yeah. in that plaza, like right next door. Jeez, I need to go there. Um, but also have you been to the Mexican like bakery? Like I can't remember what it's called, but it's like on down the street from there. Broadway, like at Western. I've driven past. I haven't been there, but. La pa something. Starts with a P. Yeah. Uh, how can, let's say we have a community project that wants to look into Toledo Soup. How can we get in touch with you guys? Um, ToledoSoup.com or on our Facebook page, um, okay. ToledoSoup at gmail.com. We're relatively responsive. Yeah. Um, you're pretty quick. Yeah. We're, I mean, we're an all volunteer group. Um, we are actually looking for additional volunteers if people are interested in, in getting on board with that. Hi. And the site is also where they'd go to yeah. find um, when the upcoming events will be as well. Yeah, we're just, um, our Facebook page is the best for that um, because, we're, I mean, we, we try to post mostly to Facebook just because that's just the easiest way to reach people. It um, seems to work, too. It does. Like, we generally, so, um, you know, people, we usually get, you know, 100 people to an event, and which is great, but um, we're also running out of spaces that we can get for free or cheaply yeah. that can accommodate that many people. Um, so that's kind of like a logistical issue on our end, but, um, it's like, I mean, yeah, you pay five bucks and you vote for your favorite proposal. Like after you, these people you pay present. five bucks, you get a whole dinner, you get to hang out with a lot of awesome people. And then you hear like three or four things. You're like, wow, we did need to do something about the homeless population. Toledo streets, newspapers out here doing something. This is amazing. Yeah. Yeah, you should get this $5 and everyone else's. Right. And so, like, these projects usually leave with, um, you know, 1000 1500 bucks. We've had, I think our pot was um, over $2,000 at one one point. And a lot of them kick the money back, don't they? Yeah, like, we actually, when Soul City won, um, 
Uh, the, that was at uh, TSA, right? Uh, that one was at Handmaid Toledo. Oh, okay. Yeah, so when Soul City won, they actually, um, I think it, they kicked $100 to the other two pre, um, mm-hmm. groups that presented, which just, I mean, you know, further exemplifies like just how giving this community really is. Yeah. And are you taking applications now or anything? What, where are you at in this process? Yeah. So people can start submitting proposals on our website right now. Um, we also try and host proposal workshops. So if people are unclear about how to best fill out an application, we will meet with, we host these workshops and we walk people through, we answer questions, um, just so you can really put forth your, your best possible proposal and have it a shot at, at being selected to present. Awesome. Now, one thing we like to do is ask some trivia of our guests. Yeah, Danny warned me about this. All right. And now it's everyone's favorite time. It's Toledo Matters Trivia. We're going to ask you four questions. And if you answer three of them correctly, you will get a free Holy Toledo Donut. Woo! Wow! <laughs> Thanks to Holy Toledo for given us the ability to do that. All right, Taylor, we uh, tailored all of these to the blade. Groan. Do you have so, a groan button? For your <laughs> yeah, there you go. I'm great at crappy humor. All right, they're going to go easy, medium, hard, and then a bonus. Okay, okay. I'm so nervous. I'm so bad at I think, trivia. No, I think don't worry, do no fine. one ever gets any of them right. So you're done. <laughs> no, no pressure. That's not true. Number one, where does the Toledo Blades name come from? Um, it has to do with our sister city, Toledo, Spain, and they make knives there, I think, or something like that. Yeah. Woo! All right. <laughs> Good job. Swords. Nice. Swords. Swords. But okay. yeah, knives. Yeah, she swords. got it. They, yeah. they both cut people, so let's, <laughs> let's not split hairs. They both cut fruit, too. Yeah. <laughs> this one's kind of interesting. So question two. When the Blade constructed its current downtown headquarters on Superior Street in 1927, who flipped the switch to start that process? <laughs> um, I, I don't know. You need to get that as a sound effect, Danny. It was President Calvin Coolidge, actually. Oh, that's cool. That, I had a really short list of people who I would have guessed, and he was not on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was pretty amazed when I found it too. Where All did right. you? When did you like go to like Toledo Blade Wikipedia or something? A uh, big shout out to our trivia master Zach Vasser for having <laughs> you, just this plethora of Toledo knowledge, <laughs> and I can, I just walk to his office and he comes back. We need to have him on the show and then get him some really hard ones. Yeah, we, we who stump. am I going to get questions from? <laughs> we'll come up with it. We'll, we'll find him. someone else to do your job. Don't yeah. worry. Yeah. All right. Perfect. <laughs> Uh, number three. This one's pretty tough. Uh, but Petroleum Vesuvius Nasby was the pen name of what Toledo newsman? Wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> one Pe- more time. Petroleum Dan. Vesuvius Nasby. Petroleum Vesuvius Nasby. Yeah, I don't, I don't know that either. <laughs> uh, it was David Rose Locke. Locke wrote Civil War era setting for the Blade, covering social topics, temperance to slavery, and Southern succession. Man, I'm going to be in so much trouble. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here. That's uh, a tough one there, man. This one, just think about famous people around this time. So this is the bonus question. Okay. What famous American politician, real famous, was a fan of Nasby's satires and frequently quoted them in his speeches? Like... How famous? He's like the, really famous. The most famous guy from you're around give, that Civil it, you're War. You're giving era. it away, man. <laughs> Was it? If, but if I guess Abraham Lincoln and I'm wrong, is that? <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> wrong buzzer. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So actually, according to the New York Times, no one loved Nasby more than Abraham Lincoln. The president was widely known for his sense of humor, carried a collection of Locke's letters in his pocket, and read his favorite bits to visitors. 
Uh, the two became friends, and Lincoln offered to swap places with David Locke if only the wild writer would teach him to be so funny. All right. Those were those weren't like easy, medium, hard bonus. That was like that was medium, totally... hard, really stupid, hard, <laughs> and like good guess, kid. Like way to way to not sleep through history the class. Two are supposed to be gimmies, really, but you know, well, easy, medium. I mean, medium's not necessarily a gimme. But yeah, thanks for playing along. We'll give you a donut anyway. Hey, two out of four is pretty good. That's, I love yeah. carbs. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a lot of carbs in the Holy Toledo, but they're <laughs> huge. Uh, so something we, we also like to ask all our guests is. Uh, is there a hidden spot in Toledo? And by that, I mean, not the Metro Parks, not the museum, but, but a hidden gem that you know about and you love that you think more people should know about. Oh my gosh. Um, and if there's more than one, that's cool too. Okay. Cause like, I mean, so I have this problem with food. Nice. Uh, Join the club. Yeah. So one of my favorite things to do in town is to go, is to run a 5k. It can be anywhere. I don't, it doesn't matter, but then go eat breakfast at my house diner on lewis avenue okay, near cool. lasky um it's just like a small little greasy spoon diner but the food is is good it's food is cheap and the people are really nice awesome um my house diner i, I don't think there. we've had that yeah. one mentioned that's no, a nice one i have to check it out i like i like greasy diners yeah, yeah definitely. i do too um i also road trip um, mm-hmm. It seems oh. like a reporter cop sort of place anyway. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, yeah. I mean, that's definitely. And I, man, the, the pan, they have like Oreo pancakes and I'm all about that life. What? Yeah. Nice. I don't, I only Ugh. get those on my birthday though. <laughs> Special like treat. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but like also like. What about your son's birthday? Can you get him on? Um, well, we're doing his birthday party on his birthday. So can, can you we're having yeah, excuse for the Oreo. We're gonna have a waffle bar. Just looking for excuses to she get Oreo put the Oreos in the waffle. Oh yeah, we yeah. could totally have Oreo waffles. Definitely, boom. Yeah. <laughs> um, but also, like I like you know just any any local business that I try to spend my money locally as much as possible. It's like there's this relatively new bakery over by my place called Kathy's Confections, and that woman makes some um, coffee cake that is so good that dare I say it is better than my mama's. <laughs> and where is that? That's at? on Sylvania, right? It's, yeah, on yeah. Sylvania near. Bowen. Okay, cool. It's called Catherine Catherine's Convections. Kathy's Convections. Convections. Cool. It's right by the Orchard Inn. Yeah, which is also like such a neat little that's spot. Where I, that's where I turned twenty-one. <laughs> <laughs> Long story for off the air. Right. Right. <laughs> All right. Well, well, thank you very much, Taylor. We, yeah, it's my pleasure. You thank you on. very much. And. uh been fun yeah now i'm cool. gonna interview you guys all right oh boy i'm not gonna ask you any trivia questions though turn the AC but i'm also I'm not gonna sweat. give you donuts oh so. i'm not in anymore <laughs> all right well everyone thank you so much for joining us on the 23rd episode of the toledo matters podcast we've enjoyed having you and we hope you tune in next time see you later for more information on taylor dungeon and all her wonderful writings visit the toledoblade.com also check her out on Facebook and Twitter at Taylor Dungeon, D-U-N-G-J-E-N. Big thank you to supporters of the show, Holy Toledo Donuts, for the best donuts. Like, I mean, actually, the best. Crazy, outrageous, delicious donuts. Check out Holy Toledo Donuts at one of your favorite local coffee shops. Also, big, big thank you to Waveflow Media for having us in this wonderful studio. Uh, the soundboard, everything, the audio engineering. Nate, you're fantastic, and we really appreciate it. Toledo, thank you for tuning in, and we look forward to talking to you again soon.